over. With those bullet points, we are looking at other plans and other things that he was trying to allegedly keep in mind before committing this crime. One of the bullet points saying, leave phone at home. Another point saying, make sure they don't have a bunch of people in their life. Wow. All right. Well, Alex Capriella, thanks so much uh, for that report. Obviously, women in all those states should be on the lookout and report if they come into contact with that man. Thanks so much for trusting us tonight. On Balance with Leland Vitter is coming up next. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. I'll see you right back here tomorrow night at 6. Thanks, Not. Have a good night. On the program tonight, betting against America will introduce you to the U.S. senator who stands to cash in if the stock market crashes. Just how much will Delaware's Tom Harper stand to make when your retirement fund gets hit? Power problems. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of climate change anymore. The White House doubles down on cheap, green, and non-nuclear energy. Sounds great until the new regulations crash the power grid. Should we all be stocking up on candles? And in today's Newsom Watch. Are you considering running no, for president in no, 2024 or 2028? No, not even no, considering. Oh, no, not at all. A look at the money shows Gavin Newsom might actually run for president. This is the debate for the future of our country. How a debate against Ron DeSantis will help them both. And identity politics. The same people who support gender choice draw the line on choosing to change your race. One difference between the transgender phenomenon and this invention of transracial is that the science of gender and sexuality is, you know, 50 years old. We'll talk to someone who changed both. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight from Washington. Why, despite what you heard on TV today from the left or the right, it really didn't matter. During today's arraignment, the advocacy media on the left salivated over the charges against Donald Trump and how serious they are. They are not. And the advocacy media on the right complained about an attack on free speech that threatens the republic. It is not that either. In fact, if we really look at what happened today, the most important player isn't Donald Trump. So we're going to put that aside for the moment. We're going to focus on the man of the hour, the man here who actually matters, Jack Smith, war crimes prosecutor, head of the Justice Department's Public Integrity Unit, and now special counsel. Who is Jack Smith, asked the Washington Post yesterday. Smith's former colleagues at the Justice Department have generally praised him as a dedicated prosecutor who never flinched from tough cases. He's also famous for losing tough cases. We're going to get to that in a second. But let's be clear about something. Jack Smith, time and time and time again, has shown he doesn't care about the merits of many cases. And it certainly doesn't appear he cares about the merits of this case specifically the case against Donald Trump here that Donald Trump answered for in federal court in Washington. Doesn't really appear he cares about the merits of the Mar-a-Lago documents case either. And we know this because Jack Smith rarely cares about the merits of his cases. Over a long and storied career, Jack Smith seems to care a lot more about the indictment and the publicity and the trial than he does about winning. You see, 
he's already made history. He's already indicted a former president. Now he's indicted a former president for the former president's behavior in office. Kind of like how Jack Smith indicted a former presidential candidate, John Edwards, after his failed presidential bid in 2008. Edwards was a Democrat. Jack Smith invented a novel legal argument to go after him for what Smith said was a campaign finance fraud involving a payoff about an illegitimate child that Edwards had. After acquitting him on one charge and a series of deadlocks on the others, the jury ultimately didn't buy it and Jack Smith lost a trial. Then in 2014, there was Bob McDonald, former Republican governor of Virginia. Jack Smith invented another novel legal theory to go after Bob McDonald. He claimed that McDonald accepted lavish gifts like Rolex watches and Ferraris in exchange for hawking a donor's project. And of course, the Rolex watches and the Ferraris were very flashy in the indictment. It was flashy at trial. The Supreme Court unanimously overturned that conviction 8-0 to zero because of prosecutorial overreach. In other words, Jack Smith stretched the law too far. So you remember that glowing Washington Post piece? It conveniently left out Jack Smith's two most important cases, both of which he lost, which is saying something in particular. Prosecutors aren't supposed to lose. Losing is a big deal for prosecutors because their ethics require only bringing cases they feel strongly that they can win. The Supreme Court and others look very, very unfavorably on novel legal theories. The charges against Trump, of course, sound serious. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempted obstruction of an official proceeding. Conspiracy against rights. But when you really dive in and read the indictment, they are all legal theories, very novel legal theories. They are all stretches, just like the John Edwards case and just like the Bob McDonald case. They all require Jack Smith to prove Donald Trump's state of mind. I've covered Trump for years. Who knows what's going on in his mind? So good luck on proving exactly what his state of mind was. These charges are anything but a straightforward slam dunk. But let's think about Jack Smith. From Harvard, longtime prosecutor, Smith isn't stupid. It's clear now he just doesn't care. Tom Dupree is with us now, former Deputy Assistant Attorney General under George W. Bush. Look, Tom, you've been in the room where these decisions have been made. I, I, see, I, see, I see the look on your face. Let me just ask the question. Your, your prosecutor is Jack Smith is. You're 0 for 2 on the two biggest high-profile cases you've ever had. You were rebuked by the Supreme Court for prosecutorial overreach. Why bring a case that is so far of a reach? That is an excellent question, and I think it's the question of the hour, Leland. I mean, the answer is you shouldn't. You should have learned the lesson from what happened the first few times you overreached and you got slapped down. 
particularly in a case like this, where the eyes of the world are on the courtroom in Washington, D.C., the eyes of the world are on the charges that you're bringing. And a lot of America, for better or for worse, thinks that this is a politicized prosecution. And so given all of those circumstances and the environment we find ourselves in today, if you are a prosecutor bringing criminal charges against a former president of the United States, you got to go in with airtight legal theories that can't be doubted. You've kicked the tires on them and you're 100 percent confident that they're going to hold up on appeal because they are going to get rigorously scrutinized. And if you've had a track record of overreach and getting slapped down, you might want to pause one extra time before you pull the trigger on an indictment. What I think is so fascinating, and look, you got to watch the coverage of this a little bit, because not only is this about the law, it's about the, the political version, political side of this, and the, that is the media side of it, is that there are former federal prosecutors, such as yourself, senior Justice Department officials who served in both administrations, who are all saying exactly what you're saying, which is, boy, is this a stretch, and you got to prove an awful lot here uh, in order to convict Donald Trump. Then you have... The media's coverage of this, and especially the coverage of Jack Smith, uh, who there's so many now who stand out there despite his track record and say, look, this guy is a prosecutor's prosecutor. Take a look. That's one of the things that impressed me about the indictment. It was very spare. And there are a lot of things he could have said in there. And I think there's a lot more to come. He's proving to be one of the more aggressive prosecutors I've seen in more than 20 years of covering the Justice Department. He is in his Taylor Swift Speak Now era, Jack Smith. Mm. This is a speaking indictment. Uh, 45 pages of just incredible detail. And yet so little coverage of what you and I are talking about, which is the last two times he did this, he lost. Right. And I think that the, the way I look at this, Leland, is that the, the fact that there may have been or there may be some serious prosecutorial overreach going on here is that it really gives former President Trump several different paths to victory. He can, of course, win before the jury and be acquitted, but he can also win legally before either the Court of Appeals or maybe someday the United States Supreme Court. In other words, even if there is a conviction, that's not going to be the final chapter in this saga, because at that point, Former President Trump would be able to challenge the legal basis, Jack Smith's legal theory, before the Court of Appeals, before the United States Supreme Court. And in the two other cases you mentioned where Smith was reversed, that's where it all played out. All right. You think about where this happened today. It's about two blocks from where we are. You know this area well. But it's within a couple of blocks of the Capitol where the January 6th riot took place. And yet... For all the linking of Donald Trump to the January 6th riot and all of the discussion surrounding it in the indictment, he hasn't been charged with anything directly connected to the riot. No seditious conspiracy, no insurrection, no attempted overthrow of the U.S. government. None of the things that so many people hoped that he would be charged with from Liz Cheney to Jamie Raskin to Benny Thompson. Take a look. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. The vast weight of evidence presented so far has shown us 
that the central cause of January 6th was one man, Donald Trump. Donald Trump surrendered his role as commander-in-chief and became the inciter-in-chief. He commanded the mob to go to the Capitol, and he emphatically commanded the heavily armed mob to fight like hell. All right, so does this mean he is effectively, since he's not been charged with this, vindicated of it? Well, you know, I guess the way I would probably put it, Leland, is is not so much that he's been vindicated of it, is that the the way Jack Smith is playing this is that he's playing in those remarks to the court of public opinion, that there is a serious discrepancy between the conduct that he focused on in his remarks from that podium and the conduct that he charged in the indictment. I think the reason why he backed off and didn't charge former President Trump in connection with a lot of the January 6th events is because he knew that would probably be a bridge too far, too difficult to prove before the jury. Because I think in that context, the president would have had fairly decent First Amendment defenses. I think the special prosecutor would have had a real heavy lift trying to link President Trump's knowledge to what ultimately unfolded on January 6th. And at the end of the day, Jack Smith probably said, you know something? That's just too much for me to take on, so I'm not going to charge that. But as we saw, it doesn't stop him from hammering the podium and focusing on that aspect of the case. Right, and I'm wondering, he hammered the podium and tried to focus on that part of the case, which isn't the case when it comes to the indictment. Uh, That was a couple of days ago. He hammered the podium about the men and women in uniform in our intelligence community who had nothing to do with the documents case. Uh, because there were no documents that were actually shared with any with anybody. So nobody was lives were put at risk. Is he allowed to do that in court? No, I think if he tried to do that in court, I suspect that the Trump defense team would be jumping up in their chairs like a rocket and objecting. And the judge, I mean, assuming she's following the rules of evidence, would quickly shut that down. In other words, prosecutors, all lawyers have some degree of freedom, especially in things like their opening statement to the jury and their closing summation to the jury to, you know, characterize the evidence and really try to stir the jury's passions. But the one thing they have to do is they have to conform their comments to the evidence. They can't go off on detours, on tangents. They can't make statements that are not supported by the evidence. So I suspect if he were to try that technique at trial, the judge, again, if she's fairly applying the rule of evidence, would shut it down quickly. All right. So I I guess very quickly, the other way of saying that was he was playing for the cameras. Yes. Yes. He was playing for the court of public opinion, not the court of law. You got it. Yeah. All right. There we go. Hey, Tom, it's good to see you. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Hopefully you get some rest. I know you've been busy. Thanks a lot, Leland. Take care. Thank you. All right. The hearings on Capitol Hill may be over about UFOs, but military pilots flying in America's most secure airspace say they keep seeing the UFOs. Evidently, the aliens haven't figured out that we're looking for them now. But the fact that the aliens keep flying or the UFOs keep flying might be our best clue for an actual explanation for what's happening. The Drive website noted this map that matches UFO sightings, mostly on the East Coast and the Southwest, in what is called closed military airspace. In other words, these objects just happen to show up over and over and over again and observe U.S. military aircraft as they train. And these objects then observe how U.S. military aircraft react. So maybe there's a more down-to-earth explanation of who would want to know our capabilities, who would want to test us. 2004 incident off the coast of California, of course, made major headlines. A Navy pilot spotted a UFO flying during a large training exercise. Our next guest is one of the people who witnessed it. Retired Navy Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich is with us now. It's nice to see you, man. We appreciate it. Look... 
I get the idea that these are all unexplained. But given that you've got all of these things happening now in restricted military airspace, doesn't it, does it lead the idea that this is either A, the Chinese or Russians testiness, or B, a, a dark project or a black project from the U.S. military or from DARPA or from Skunk Works or one of the, the, the groups that create the, you know, the most secret weapons we have flying against U.S. adversaries, you know, their, the, our own U.S. technology to see how we react? So I think it would be irresponsible to jump to any of those conclusions. But I think what this highlights and what our incident back in 2004 highlighted at the time uh, and the reason that I've been speaking about it and accepting interviews like this ever since is that uh, we need to have a good process for reporting uh, when we see something that we can't identify in a military operating area, uh, in uh, just our, our open airways where we have civilian airlines flying uh, you know, you you certainly want your space to be uh, to be safe and secure, and not have unidentified. Uh, even recently, when we had the big balloon gate uh, series of incidents, right? We want to know what's in our airspace so that we can avoid no, it. I, I, I completely and get that, also, but the the, the fact security. that these aren't showing up over LA over LAX or JFK or over you know Hartsfield in Atlanta or at O'Hare or anything else or in these very specific areas. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is this concept that everyone keeps saying we need ways to report this and we need declassification of all these things. What if the what if the answer was actually classified if these were US military programs, wouldn't this be exactly how the Pentagon and DARPA and whoever the contractor was that was developing this would act about it? So you're you're suggesting that there's some sort of disinformation campaign? No, I'm suggesting that these are just U.S. military projects that are being flown against the U.S. military to figure out how and what the capabilities are of, you know, no different than what they did with the B-2 bomber or the F-117 or the U-2 or SR-71 that were all at one time or another cited as UFO sightings. So we wouldn't operate in a in a range that is testing a blue technology like that. There would be deconfliction, and there would certainly be, uh, you know, careful, methodical process in place to make sure that folks who are not read into the classified technology don't have an unintentional encounter with it. Uh, so, you know, can there be an un, uh, sort of a mishap? Uh, sure, but the number of incidents here that are reported. And the fact that none of these uh, operators, the air crew, have been notified that this is some sort of, again, blue or, or U.S. technology is concerning and makes, you know, it suggests that it's not something from within our, our own system. Huh. Interesting. That's the best explanation I've heard so far, which is why, which is why we're going to have, which is why we're going to have you back the next time we have to talk about this. Thank you, ma'am. We appreciate it. Great. Thanks for taking it seriously. Yes, ma'am. All right, markets closed down again today. I believe this is the third day in a row, which means one U.S. senator is making money. So you heard that right. Stock market down and someone is making money. Tonight, we introduce you to the U.S. senator betting against America, literally. Senator Tom Carper bet thousands of dollars of his own money that America's economy is going to take a hit. 
and he's in a position to know a lot about America's economy. The Delaware Democrat is on the Senate Finance Committee. The Twitter account Unusual Whales found a significant stock trade in Carper's disclosures. On July 13th, he bought thousands of dollars worth of what's called a ProShares Short QQQ ETF. It's a stock fund that moves opposite of the market. What that means is if the market does well, Carper loses money. But if stocks do poorly, and he's betting that they will, the senator makes money. It's leveraged, so the worse stocks do, the more Carper makes. Not only is Carper on the Senate Finance Committee, he is a dear friend of former Delaware Senator, now President Joe Biden. Back in May, he tweeted, thanks to Biden, our economy is resilient and growing stronger every day with over 250,000 jobs added to the market in April and our lowest unemployment rate in over 50 years. We are continuing to support working families across the country, across Delaware and the country. So back then, he thought things were doing pretty well. Now, not so much. We think he might have said something else to a stockbroker, though. So this is a senator. And think about this. A United States senator who took an oath to protect and defend America is now betting against America. In its simplest form, this is trying to make money when almost everybody else, and certainly retirees with 401ks and anything else, get hurt. Michael Farr is here, President and CEO of Farr Miller Washington, Chief Market Strategist for Hightower Investors, author of the book Restoring Our American Dream, The Best Investment. All right. How do you restore the American dream when you have a senator voting and betting, I shouldn't say voting, betting against the American economy? Leland, when I read this story, I was I remembered standing in front of my parents when I was 17 after having done something really stupid and them looking at me saying, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You know, and of course, I was 17. I wasn't thinking. This man, however, has been a U.S. senator for 22 years. He's thinking that stock prices and the markets are going to go down. It's probably a short-term bet. You don't know. It could be a longer-term bet. But he expects prices to go down. That's why you buy shares of this ultra-short. Um, you know, maybe he can make a couple of bucks, but, boy, the optics stink. And, I mean, this if, if you're his political director and you see this, you need to do something about it pretty urgently. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. So uh, this is a statement uh, from back in November to the Free Beacon. Senator Carper and his wife Martha have always been careful to ensure that their financial investments are handled separately by a financial advisor who makes decisions and transactions independently, which is one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, because you advise people, you handle their investments. I I'm sure there are some people who come to you and say, hey, look, Michael, for one reason or another, I, I can't be invested in this, or I don't want to be invested or that, or, hey, I'm, and I'm a United States senator, don't go short on the market. Uh, just because you have an independent financial advisor doesn't, doesn't dissolve you or absolve you of any responsibility, does it? Not at all. Not at all. And, they, and that's, that's something that uh, most politicians will certainly tell you. And we have managed money for several folks in Washington over the years, our headquarters, uh, is in Washington, D.C. And so, uh, yeah, they will say, look, I can't own anything here. Uh, a, a head of a certain agency, head of the FDA will say, I can't own anything that has to do with health care anywhere. I don't care what it looks like. Finance committees, if you're, uh, they, they just can't do it. And yet it's been a real issue where members of Congress and Senate 
have owned stocks and have made a lot of money on them, and clearly they've got information that the rest of us don't have. Yeah, I think about it. Members of Congress who beat the S&P 500, the broader market. And look, money managers who are professionals, you spend your whole life dedicated to this, reading about it, studying it. When a money manager beats the S&P 500, it's a big deal. There's more than a dozen, way more than a dozen members of Congress who beat the S&P 500 uh, in 2022. A number of them who did it by way more. I mean, you can see there, there's some who are up 50 plus percent, numbers up double digits above what the S&P 500 did. How difficult is that to do without a few winks and nods? Look, but the percentage of people, of, of managers, of professional managers who beat the S&P 500 on a multi-year basis is in single-digit percentages. Uh, it just, you, 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 year after year after year, markets change and you really can't do it. Uh, I remember seeing Bernie Madoff's track record years ago and I looked at the client who, who was swearing to me that this guy Madoff was fabulous, and I said, can't happen. These numbers don't work. Markets go down. You can't always be on the right side of a market. Um, some people can be, I guess, uh, but it makes you scratch your head. It makes you wonder. No matter what, Leland, a U.S. senator should never go short a U.S. stock index, Okay. It's just, it's like, you know, it, it, this is just a really bad move. Senator Carper, <laughs> what were you thinking? I mean, yeah, J you, you know, Jay, Jay Leno. With your voters. Jay, Jay Leno was famous for asking that question to Hugh Grant, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and think about Senator Carper. Senator Carper is a senator from Delaware. You know how many Delaware corporations there are? I mean, every trial that gets tried in corporate America is happening out of Georgetown, yeah, Delaware, point. because this is where the laws are favorable. This is a state that depends on corporate America and stock issuance and, and, and everything else. I mean, this is, this is just really <laughs> bad optics. Uh, Senator, you don't want to do this one. Yeah, well, it also explains why 80-plus uh, percent of Americans think that members of Congress shouldn't be able to own stocks or trade stocks, and yet... Somehow Congress never votes that way, uh, and they still are allowed to do it since they set their own rules. Michael, good to see you as always. Thank you. Uh, They're for, not big on term limits the either, Leland. Uh, yeah, that too. It's, ma you. it's amazing how that happens. We don't, we don't ever get what we want. I got to work on that. Yeah. Identity politics is coming up. The same people who support gender choice draw the line on choosing to change your race. Why is that? We're going to speak with an influencer who changed both before transitioning back. And the latest installment of Newsom Watch this week signed that California Governor Gavin Newsom has his eyes on the White House. What does he know about Joe Biden, perhaps, that we do not? News Nation. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. 
good, healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to HelpNoKidHungry.org today. And here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time, and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise, and that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time. And I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is the News Nation audio stream, available 24-7 on the News Nation app or on your Alexa, just body that can cause... When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me, and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. For my friend, Luke. For my mom, Paulette. And for my mom, Finia. For my husband, Helmet. Honor someone you love by learning the warning signs of stroke. If you see face drooping, arm weakness, or speech difficulty, it's time to call 911. A stroke can happen to anyone at any age. Be ready to spot a stroke fast. Learn more from the American Stroke Association at stroke.org. It's an era of politics like we've never seen. A new kind of politics needs a new kind of program you can trust. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Leland Vitter. Introducing The Former Hill. President Mike Pence joins us now. I welcome President Biden taking his record to the American people. DC's definitive source for nonpartisan political news. The Hill, weekdays at 5, 4 Central on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. We seem to hit a nerve yesterday in our segment about the growing trans race movement. These are people who say they struggle with their birth race, their racial identity, and feel more comfortable as another race. It's predictable and probably an inevitable reaction to accepting people who want to change their sex. But it's not at all equivalent for transgender activists. Transgender act- advocates hate this idea, like our guest last night. Why are we to believe 
young children, as young as three, four, five, six, who say, I don't feel comfortable in my skin as a boy or a girl, but if they say, I don't feel comfortable as an Egyptian or a Ukrainian, then we don't believe it. This thing about I might be a different race, apart from all of its problematic consequences that you just mentioned, is not a phenomenon that's recognized by any mental health organization. There would be no specialist who would you know, do that diagnosis. Okay, so it may not be officially diagnosed, but what's the big deal and why is there such resistance? What makes progressives so uncomfortable? Well, tonight we're speaking with a person who can tell us if there really is any difference. They changed both their race and their gender. Influencer and social media personality Ali London is back to living his life as a British man after having transitioned to a Korean woman. Ali underwent several surgeries to look like the lead singer of the hit Korean band called BTS. He later apologized, writing, it was wrong of me to try and emulate him in such an obsessive way. I realize now that it wasn't the right thing to do. I cannot be another person. I just need to love myself. I've started to really love myself. And Ali is with us now. Good to see you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, all right. So we're, we live in an inclusive time, right? And, and that's a good thing, to be inclusive, accepting everything else. Why is it that you think the transracial movement is so threatening to transgender advocates. Well, absolutely. We do live in an inclusive time and there are so many people that adopt different identities. And now there seem to be over 100 different pronouns from Ziza, Furfa, AE pronouns. And, you know, most people don't even know what that means. So, you know, I have struggled with identity. I've now overcome that. But I did at one point live in Korea. I had surgery to have a Korean aesthetic. And, you know, I was like, if all these people can have so many different identities, why can't I just say I'm Korean? And, you know, these trans activists went absolutely crazy saying this is outrageous this is shocking but really it does beg the question what is the difference if you can change your sex which is a very dramatic thing uh, changing your gender then why can't you change your race and obviously I've changed my opinions over the years but it does expose this trans movement as a hypocritical movement right and I there's one thing for it to be hypocritical right and not consistent but there's another thing to, to threaten it and when people get angry it's typically because they're threatened right and that if you can change your, your gender and then you can change your race, then that sort of throws out the whole idea of diversity and equity and inclusion and systemic racism and all the things that have, have changed the power dynamic over the past four or five years, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely affects the diversity, equity, inclusion. And, you know, so many people do get very triggered and upset by this concept of some people. And it has become a trend on TikTok called RCTA, People Changing Race. And it's become a very growing trend. And not just changing race, but we also have, you know, people identifying as non-binary. We have people sharing their double mastectomies on TikTok. And, you know, there are kids watching that. So at the end of the day, this doesn't tick the diversity box enough for these trans activists. But, you know, it does expose how hypocritical critical and you know this movement really has no kind of um, boundaries you know they're just uh, attacking people that change their race but then praising and celebrating people that you know announce their non-binary yeah I, i'm i know you wrote about this in your book um and, and I'm, I'm fascinated to understand sort of help us understand what kids and and their parents who who are faced with this question need to understand about the people who are pushing it 
Well, look, it's very good to be inclusive, and we live in a society where adults can choose how they feel, how they identify, and there generally are people that are transgender, and, you know, that is supported by the majority of society. Sure. But the, the issue that is affecting parents now is kids being indoctrinated with, whether it's uh, transracialism, transgenderism. They're being taught this on apps like TikTok, uh, social media. You even have some school districts pushing gender ideology and, you know, changing genders and race even on kids. And that is where we have to draw the line because at the end of the day kids might want to be a pirate one day but we don't suddenly cut off their leg or their eye and affirm them as a pirate so we really need to think about protecting kids and adults can make decisions but kids should not be influenced by what they see online and kids should certainly not be swapping races or swapping genders until they're an adult yeah in, in the reaction of those who say it's, it's a good thing and, and celebrate it celebrate one and not the other it kind of tells you tells you everything Ollie, we appreciate you, you talking with us. It takes somebody very brave to come out and say, hey, this is what happened, and, and this is why I, I, I've cha changed direction and, and plotting a new course. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Leyland. Yeah. In tonight's Newsom Watch, it continues. The California governor isn't running for president yet. Emphasize yet. But he might take the debate stage with presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Absolutely. I'm game. Let's get it done. Just tell me when and where. All right. Newsom's team is in on it, too. They're suggesting a 90-minute debate in November. This isn't the only sign that Newsom's preparing his own presidential bid. California governor's fundraising mirrors presidential candidates. As of June, at least two of his political action committees had more than 12 million cash on hand. Alex Thompson covers national politics for Axios and is with us now. All right. How many things does Gavin Newsom have to do before everyone admits that, yeah, he's running for president? Well, the question is, is he running for president in 2024 or 2028? Right. I mean, everything he's doing right now is like just in case, right? Like just in case, you know, Biden, who is the oldest president we've ever had, you know, what happens if he trips again? What happens if he falls? What happens if he gets sick? He is setting himself up to run for president either in 2024 or 2028. An interesting little tidbit in that is that his new political team was Kamala Harris's old political team in 2020. Wasn't that Barack Obama's old political team or some uh, of it? Some of it. But they're, they're, they're actually more affiliated with Hillary World. This is like Ace Smith um, in particular. Um, and so it will be really interesting to see if they stick with him or they stick with Kamala Harris. Because I can guarantee you if Gavin Newsom's running, Kamala Harris is going to run too. Yeah, and we already know how Kamala Harris did uh, in 2020 in the presidential race. It didn't work out for her so well. No. Now, uh, this is what I'm trying to think of. Hypothetical matchup, DeSantis versus Newsom. Uh, Newsom 36, DeSantis, uh, sorry, Newsom 39, DeSantis 36. You think about the, the percentage of Americans who say they want a different candidate other than Gavin Newsom, or sorry, other than Joe Biden and other than Donald Trump. These would be the, the two most likely heir apparents, at least as, as you look at the polling numbers right now. And then you look at this cover from the, Washington, from the New York Post uh, of a letter uh, written by Joe Biden to one of Hunter Biden's business associates, which sort of lays bare the idea that Joe Biden knew an awful lot about Hunter Biden's business, business dealings, lie, a letter of the lie. Are Democrats starting to at least lay the groundwork for what if Joe Biden is not able to run or is not the nominee or has more problems? I would say not really laying the groundwork, more terrified. Getting the, sho getting the shovels ready? <laughs> they're, they're more just like terrified, right? Because they're just like, because at the moment, if you really want to speak out, if you want to actually lay groundwork, the Biden team's going to get upset. 
And so you're seeing these little moves here and here. You're seeing Gretchen Whitmer do a New Yorker profile, an Atlantic profile. You saw today that uh, Governor Pritzker in Illinois did a New York Magazine article. So these little things yeah, uh, in Newsom, order to prepare. Yeah, Newsom can now show he's the fighter and able to do exactly. a debate, which, you know, are you going to see Joe Biden debate Ron DeSantis or even debate Donald Trump? Who knows if they're going to allow that, even if he is the nominee, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have no idea. All right. Hey, it's good to see you as always. Great reporting. Thank you Thank very you. much, sir. The president, President Biden, wants to save the planet. And now, well, we've got some new warnings ahead that going green might leave us all in the dark. Serving in Afghanistan, I was shot in the head by sniper fire. I was given a 5% chance to live. I'm Adam Alexander, and I'm a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I tell kids that with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is being there for the next generation. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Ma, is this how you feed a hamster? Uh, I think so. Is my homework right? Hmm, I think so. Is, uh, this milk still good? Uh, I think so. When it comes to parenting, sometimes it's okay to think you know. But when it's something as important as your child's car seat, don't just think. No. Double check if your child is in the right seat for their age and size. It'll help protect them in a car crash. Don't just think. No. By visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Meet Ed. Movie buff. Animal lover. Safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Wounded Warrior Project helps post-9-11 veterans and their families realize what's possible. With support and resources that bring warriors together and empower them to become stronger, both inside and out. It's possible to begin healing. To get the help you need. To find peace. And as each warrior's needs evolve, so do we. Because these last 20 years are just the beginning. Learn more at WoundedWarriorProject.org possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Kathleen Eubanks-Ming with the American Academy of Family Physicians. Bullies use power, strength, or popularity to hurt others emotionally or physically. And while you can't be with your child all the time, there are ways you can help. If your child encounters a bully, tell them to get to a safe place and tell an adult. You can also show them how to block online bullies. Teach them they can be more than a bystander and that they can help their peers. For more on bullying, visit FamilyDoctor.org or talk with your family physician. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. 
You're listening to On Balance with Leland Vitter on News Nation, America's fastest growing cable news network. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because feeling full can sound like this. How did the interview go? I did it! I got the job! I can't believe it! And like this. Mom! I got first place at the science fair with my volcano project! That's amazing, sweetie. Congratulations! Because when people are fed, futures are nourished, and everyone deserves to live a full life. Join the movement to end hunger at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Welcome back. Despite warnings from both green energy enthusiasts and climate change warriors, the Biden administration is flying ahead with new regulations to save the planet, including some new ones just last week. But those same regulations will turn out the lights in America, perhaps even at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But of course not. They'll always have power. The rest of us are going to have some problems. The administration is quietly rolling out new regulations targeting gas-powered cars, pipeline projects, and offshore leases for drilling, among other things. Grid operators, that's the people who actually are responsible for getting power to our house, are spooked. From the Washington Times, power providers beg Biden for fossil fuels, say renewable energy alone can't keep grid reliable. When the grid's unreliable, you get blackouts. Mr. Biden wants 100% clean electricity by 2035. Right now, more than half of our electricity is powered by fossil fuels. Yet, the regulations are requiring something for a green utopia that so far can't happen. just doesn't work. With us tonight, wholesale power provider to rural electric cooperatives, Barry Ingo. He runs the chief chief operation officer of Tri-State Generation and Transmission. All right, Barry, is, is the green utopia... Forget the money for a second. Is it even possible right now with the way our power grid is? We do not believe it's 100% possible today. We think we can get there, but it's going to take numerous years in order to transition away from fossil fuels to eventually get to a carbon-free or carbon-neutral grid. Yeah, I think about even the New York Times is with you with you on this one. Uh, why the U.S. electric grid isn't ready for the energy transition um, the U.S. Had, has billions for wind and solar projects. Good luck plugging them in. Uh, not only is the, there's not enough power generation, there's not a big enough electric grid, on and on and on. Um, at, at what point is the you know, unstoppable force of government regulation going to meet the immovable object of how much power we actually have on the grid? Yeah, so we saw this a couple years ago 
during winter storm Uri, right? Winter storm affected many parts of Texas up through the Midwest, uh, a lot of power outages. Uh, we were able to recover from that, uh, but I think uh, a lot of people are short-sighted and have forgotten about that because they're back to, their lights are on, their, their air conditioners are working in the summer, their heaters are working in the winter. But I think that as we move forward, we're going to see more and more of those types of events. All right. So there were new regulations that just came out uh, this past week uh, by the Biden administration about uh, demanding more electric vehicles, which put more of a strain on the grid, yada, yada, yada. Have you noticed any sort of reality check by the the climate change activists and and the environmentalists, however well-intentioned they are, but a reality check of what's actually possible to power with clean energy? I think they're setting goals that are uh, going to be very hard to meet in the f- in the near future. I think farther into the future they could be met. It's just going to take more time to transition. We are huh. challenged with expanding our transmission network through the multiple layers of permitting that are required, and it's just going to take more time to be able to hook up more renewables. Also, we're committed to shutting down coal plants in, in the in the spirit of helping the environment. The challenge is with only wind and only solar, you can't run a reliable grid. You need something dispatchable that can be online when the when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, seems seems pretty simple um, to, to understand. But obviously, there's some people who have different different priorities and the lights always stand on. Hey, Barry, we appreciate you being reasonable about this. And obviously, you make a great point that that the idea of, of going to, to solar and wind is a great idea. It just Got to figure out how to do it safely for all of us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Coming up, former President Trump was arraigned for the third time in 120 days. He says one more indictment will send him back to the White House. Huh. Maybe he's right. Talk about that with Chris next. Coming up next. When you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, you just want to feel better. Steroids help get my symptoms under control, but they come with problems and long-term risks. I need to look out for my future health. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation changed everything. They encouraged me to take action and even helped me find a specialist. We now have a plan that works for today and tomorrow. Don't put off finding an answer. Spill your guts. Learn more at spillyourguts.org. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you, as a police officer, we're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. What if one day you went to your secret hiding place and instead of what you came for, you found a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? What would you do? 
Would you stop and give it some thought? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, know that there is help. You can quit. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. Thanks to Clearer Skin with Sky Rizzy. This is my moment. There's nothing on my skin. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good, healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At 4 in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. My name is uh, Jinhui Zhang. I'm the chair of a computational biology department at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. As a data scientist, I feel so excited about seeing the potential impact, not only on the kids treated at St. Jude, but across the world. And I think this is a great use of the trust we got from our donors. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Retailers. Even if there's a conviction, that's not going to be the final chapter in this saga, because at that point, former President Trump would be able to challenge the legal basis, Jack Smith's legal theory, before the Court of Appeals, before the United States Supreme Court. And in the two other cases you mentioned where Smith was reversed, that's where it all played out. All right. That was a little bit earlier. Tom Dupree on the program about why Jack Smith doesn't really seem to care whether he gets a conviction or not. Chris is here. I don't know. You agree with that at all? Nope. All right. The guy's the, the guy's over. The guy's over two. He gets a conviction. He's over well, two. He's over two. In, he's over two in a very select category of cases that had nothing to do with what he's doing right now. Look, this is not an easy case. Uh, the um, one based on January sixth and the fraudulent electors. Uh, the documents case is an easier case, but it doesn't have the political clout uh, yeah. that the January 6th one. Look, this is a mess. Uh, obviously, we're covering it tonight. I got Geraldo Rivera on, who has a very controversial take about what is right and wrong in this. Because to me, that's really the big question. Uh, does Smith have mm-hmm. the right in terms of a legal basis for this? Yes. Is yeah. it the right thing to do for all of us? And people 
are really struggling with that question because of the nobody's above the law and all of these other theories. But I think we have to take a look, a hard look at it. Uh, we're also going to look at this case against Lizzo, the big pop star. Um, it's the first cancel culture case. You know, there are dancers are suing her for harassment um, where people really aren't buying it. You know, usually it's like everybody yeah. buys an allegation until someone can kind of prove themselves out of it, which is a very high bar. Here, it's the opposite. So we have their lawyer on tonight uh, to see if the dancers' lawyers can put some meat on the bones. Yeah, it's, it's, it's noteworthy, um, the cases in which people buy the cancel culture thing and, then, and why in this one they haven't. I'm glad you're digging into it. It deserves some um, critical examination for sure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Hey, I loved what you did about the grid, by the way. Um, oh, thank that you. was a really, really smart thing to do because we ignore the grid. I didn't love that guy's answers because yeah. our <laughs> grid kind of stinks. You know what I mean? Our That's grid true. kind of stinks. And I know infrastructure is boring, but we got to build out our uh, our grid. I mean, our grid is like from the 60s. So that was great, Leland. Great piece. Six, 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 60s would be the, an improvement. When we, uh, when we come back, we're going to give a little preview of what may, might fix the grid. See you at the top of the hour, my friend. Love it. All right, see you in a second. The Live Golf. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. When I treat myself, I want it all. I want layers of velvety ice cream, indulgent sauces, and a chocolate shell that cracks so loudly that everyone in the room can hear it. Indulge now. Magnum ice cream doubles, minis, duets, even non-dairy. Magnum Ice Cream. More is more. Discover decadence in-store or online at magnumicecream.com. I'm a pretty great multitasker. I can wash dishes and do laundry. I can roller skate while walking my dog. I can even order lunch while doing my homework. But I can't use my phone while driving. A distracted driver is one of the leading causes of death in the United States. So when it comes to driving, please, don't be a multitasker. Don't drive distracted. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Ma, is this how you feed a hamster? Uh, I think so. Is my homework right? Hmm, I think so. Is, uh, this milk still good? Uh, I think so. When it comes to parenting, sometimes it's okay to think you know. But when it's something as important as your child's car seat, don't just think. No. Double-check if your child is in the right seat for their age and size. It'll help protect them in a car crash. Don't just think. No. By visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Babes, what are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn. No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says, Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this? Oh, it's on... SmokeyBear.com with many other wildfire prevention tips. Right. Thanks, honey bear. Because remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
Americans, did you know Medicare has different parts, including Medicare Part A and Part B, often called original Medicare? And then there's Medicare. Meet Keith, loving dad, board game champ, bus driving pro. I drive 65,000 miles in my bus each year. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. Like how there are some things I simply can't see. On my route the other day, a car tried to sneak past me and ends up right in my blind spot. I turned slowly, so accident avoided. But no car should be in the blind spot for a 40,000-pound bus. It's It's our our roads. roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition. And Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Number five. Welcome back. Elizabeth Pran will be with you tomorrow. She's going to explain why there's a very simple answer to fixing not only our green energy problem, but our electrical problem. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.